Hello, welcome to a View from the Side podcast with me, your host, Rosie Clement Henyon. On this podcast, we're going to look at art in Wales. I'll be interviewing established artists on their careers to recent graduates, as well as art historians and curators on the artists and issues that matter most to them. In this difficult time, I want this podcast to inspire and uplift those who are passionate about the arts, and specifically to give a platform to our experiences in Wales. Today I'm delighted to welcome the photographic artist Abby Paulson. Abby employs cameraless techniques, alternative printing process, installation and sculpture to explore her subject. She is currently residing in Carmarthenshire where she was born and raised. Abby's recent work focused on her immediate landscape whilst responding to environmental concerns and ideas of ruralism, heritage, memory and place. Hi Abby, how are you today? Hi, I'm really good, thank you. So I'd love to begin by asking you about your latest body of work, The Gathering Ground which embodies your experimental use of techniques and your practice of conceptual photography. How would you explain the series from its conception to taking the photos then to an online graduate show? So I guess it started from more of a curiosity. I noticed Welsh independence was something that was being like spoken more amongst friends and I found it quite a strange idea and I couldn't believe I hadn't really considered it before and I was also interested in the fact that my family heritage is actually English and my parents moved here when they were children and obviously decided to stay in Wales and raised me and my siblings as Welsh fluent speaking people when they were all English and I was really excited by the idea of independence because I've always loved Wales and its heritage and its country and I just when I mentioned it to my dad I think he was a bit offended that I was actually excited by it and I think he saw it as a threat because obviously they've had a lot of various experiences where they felt like they were judged for being English even though they've tried to get in and support the country as much as possible so yeah I, I was quite weirded out by that so I decided to do some more research and come up with my own ideas my own basis and find out my own opinions so I started looking at independence its history why it came about the Free Wales Army obviously revisited Kovichwerin and the reservoir that was flooded for Liverpool and sort of just started rereading books because these were all stories that I was told in primary school and things like that when and at that age you know you you remember the story but I don't think you realize the political impact it had and the seriousness of it all when you're that young. So it was really good for me to sort of re-educate myself. So the conceptual side started quite early and the making side sort of came more through experimentation. So I was thinking about land, um, water, always been fascinated by how Wales is such a rainy, miserable grey country, but it still looks awesome. So thinking about photography, it sort of came with how could I use water? Obviously, I need to be in the land. Where should I be going? to get these ideas and a lot of it almost started with just playing around and doing practice runs so I felt really drawn to reservoirs and the way there's like free reservoirs in Wales that were built to supply water to England but Trewirin is often the one that gets spoken about the most because that's the most controversial one but I was sort of fascinated that it's kind of like happened times before and that's not really mentioned as much and you know why so I started being drawn more to reservoirs that landscape the idea of man sort of building something new for man but Mm. destroying like people's homes so it was almost like a vicious cycle of yeah we need this water but 
you know, you're going to need to move if you want that water because it needs to be here. <laughs> yeah. So it was already strange. And then sort of I started looking at Polaroid lifting processes and how you can sort of cut up a Polaroid and lift off the image and mm. float it off in water and put it onto like a new surface. And I felt like that was a really good sort of poetic, conceptual way of embodying what had actually happened during the events of building the reservoir. That, like yeah, that's that really thing, interesting, uh, like playing with surfaces of multiple layers. Yeah, so obviously once I had my playful sort of making process, I took them to the site. So I visited Lake Vernoy, which was the first one to supply water to Liverpool. That's sort of north of Mid Wales, mm-hmm. um, just above Welshpool. Really massive, beautiful place. Went to visit King Caelin and also Elan Valley, which supplies water to Birmingham. And then I, I was also fascinated then by like family heritage because my mum's side came from Birmingham and my great great granddad was like a keen civil engineer and he he had all these books that's really interesting so you got good they were like about the reservoir and Mm. so I had all these maps and it felt like this strange circle thing through water and land yeah and did you (laughs) did you go to Welsh primary school as well I did and secondary school always found it quite hard because I spoke English at home and then I'd have Welsh homework and I think my parents do know Welsh a little bit but they haven't got the confidence to be able to do it and I haven't spoken to them about learning Welsh before because I guess I've never thought about them learning it but I think it's more the confidence and the fear of the way they're treated when they try I've always felt sorry for that but hopefully they'll be changed and yeah it is really complex and I think it is changing and it's interesting like you said the process and how you're responding to it because I think it's changing now so it's not so you know the free Wales army it's a bit more nationalistic yeah (laughs) definitely and I I think that's what they fear and even in the last week or so yes Cymru their members have skyrocketed because of Westminster and Covid and obviously all of these ideas were about a year and a half ago these ideas were pondering around so that was way before all of this happened and it's definitely like the change that's happened in Wales since the lockdowns and everything is huge so it's almost like the thought process of the project is still changing because of the current circumstances which is interesting Mm, that's really great this week I saw ITV News give a feature on it and I think even before like a year ago that wouldn't maybe happened but it was showed the membership growth has been completely huge from February to now I can't remember the statistics but I think it's like they managed to get 3,000 more people in three days or something like that like every day it just went up a thousand yeah and so with the work you also print I'm not sure how your process works but you put emulsion paper is it onto rocks as well I think that that's the Polaroid yeah so that was an image of the water taken from the site so from one of the lakes put onto a rock also from the lake so it became like a capsule of the place in this piece so yeah that was the most fun to make I think and is that the work that's going into your book I think there's images of that there's also documents of the process of making these rocks and then it's also combined with images that I took from the site so I shot them on film mostly on 120 and then because of lockdown obviously I lost access to those sites so I think I planned to make two visits the first visits would have been more just gathering bits and then the second visit would have been more to finalize I guess but I never had that finalizing visit 
I had to look online um, tried to use Google Earth to get images but I didn't really enjoy that um, wow, yeah, and I ended up yeah it felt really bizarre in my bedroom going through around these lakes <laughs> um, and I ended up finding like a Welsh people archive thing um, so I found all these images relating to those places and then I decided to photograph through the screen with my camera of like and zooming in on these images and getting different sort of aspects which was nice because that came more I felt like it was showing perspectives of other people because I still couldn't really find or work out what I thought or where mm. I stood in it all so that was mm. a nice way to sort of include people without actually using people in the work so I guess that's like reappropriation and mm. using the archive and it was nice to make a project that had different approaches yeah it's sort of you had to yeah. adapt yeah. and innovate towards the situation yeah. I think it's interesting how with art you can explore these complex issues which you yourself don't always have the answer for you're not quite sure but you can just explore it and propose new thoughts yeah and I, I think something like this it probably doesn't have a conclusion because it's it is too complex to have a conclusion mm-hmm. and you can't change history so I I like the idea of it just existing and other people can come and contemplate it and I think that's that's good in a way yeah it gives yeah. a good place for discussion about it and um, in a contemporary way with your process do you prefer these slow developing processes or digital I do prefer that process usually I was really fortunate when, whilst I was studying in university that there were facilities that meant that I could process film whenever I needed to at the moment it's obviously changed because I've graduated now so I'm finding that it's taken a lot longer for me to process work So I have switched to more digital ways at the moment, more for accessibility and just knowing I can go out for a walk and see those images straight away. But when it comes to like the actual outcome and the finalizing of things, I much prefer the slow process and using analog. But I feel like digital is more of a tool to just be playful and make something fast. But I wouldn't really, I never value it as much as I do when something takes more time. How did you find that progression going from school and with the facilities you got at university? Did that really expand your practice? Definitely. I've been shooting digital probably because that is the easiest thing to take photos with. And I think I remember now, isn't it as well? Yeah, that's anyone can get a camera and shoot. You can you've got your auto settings and, you know, you, you can just even your mobile phone you can just collect images but I I remember being on my foundation course I studied in Command School of Art for a year and that was like my first time being around other creatives and there were these two guys who said photography was their thing I'm you know I love photography and I was like I love photography but their vision of photography was so different to mine and it's like that first time where you meet someone who's slightly the same as you but also so different and they were shooting on film cameras and I just remember being like what like and asking my parents and they were like oh yeah we used to use those all the time (laughs) yeah yeah really like and they were like yeah I've got like free in the drawer in the kitchen I was like you never showed me (laughs) (laughs) I know yeah yeah and they just sort of relegated it haven't they they sort of yeah they were like oh it was pants like (laughs) it was you know (laughs) digital is way easier but I was just like whoa and yeah and obviously throughout the degree you've you've got a chance to actually learn about it and educate yourself and look at the history realize how where photography has come and I think it just helps you make a basis on how you want to work and in what way and what way actually suits 
your process and your personality mm, in a way funny. yeah it's quite interesting yeah and so that was sort of like your light bulb moment of <laughs> definitely like degree facilities having a technician I was literally just like oh my gosh I want to know want to have a go at everything so, yeah I I had no idea photography was so like versatile and fun that's really great. With your classes, did a certain artist inspire you? Did you have lectures on art history? I think I, my first sort of photographer that really inspired me in my BA, because I wasn't really aware of photographers before then, was Rinko Kawachi. So she's a Japanese photographer and she shoots on like a twin lens reflex uh, camera, which is basically the camera has two lenses, one that takes the photo and one that views the photo and you have to like look down into a viewfinder mm. to take the photo so you're shooting from like a belly button perspective mm -hmm. and I just loved how sort of strange and beautiful and fascinating her images were they were sort of really like mystical but everyday and just that change and in, instead of taking a photo up by your eyes you're taking it from your belly and mm. makes you wake in a different way it was yeah and then all of a sudden I wanted a camera that did that, like just that behavior. That was probably a really big shift. Yeah, yeah. that's great. And then like you said that you were drawn to her work because of the mystical, but every day. And I think your work does that as well. And at the moment, your palette is quite monochromatic. Do you usually like to work in this way? I know I began shooting in color a lot more color film can be quite expensive and also at the moment I can only process black and white film at home and I've been trying to look at more environmental and sustainable ways of home processing which limits me to black and white so it's less out of a personal choice and more out of a situational choice but I'm really enjoying it either way mm, yeah yeah <laughs> interesting gotta adapt but it works out sometimes yeah how have you found it since graduating? Because you've got a studio in Swansea, haven't you, in Elysium? Yeah, I've been I've been really fortunate in a way that I've had that studio space to support my practice and make sure that I actually dedicate time to it. Mm. Because I, I was just really wary of having unfinished work, losing university facilities, moving back home, trying to cram everything into your childhood bedroom. And I, I was just so daunted by the fact of working at home, my family looking at my chemicals being like, what is she doing? <laughs> and, um, and them not really trusting me. Yeah, yeah. And um, so, yeah, I felt like the studio space, it was actually um, led through a scheme which Elysium developed. So they were offering studios for £10 a month. And that was basically to support artists during the time. Yeah. yeah, so I, I applied and I felt like it was more of a panic call for help because I was just so stressed about being back home. I was like, I, you know, I had things that I wanted to do and that needed a space to do it in. So I was really fortunate to be accepted for that. And it's definitely helped me think more on how to actually function as an artist, how to make money. What does it mean? yeah just working out what can you do with that space how can you make outcomes and also moving my work into a more physical element because of lockdown all of my work is just on jpegs and digital files and it's like how do I make this physical because I enjoy that quite a lot so it's been quite a challenge to sort of work out what it means and what it's going to be yeah no it's good you're keeping the momentum and it's great to have that space that puts you in a professional mindset 
how do you balance that because you also have a job as well yeah I work I work in a little village shop that's also a coffee shop I used to work there before I started my degree so I was really lucky I got made redundant from my last job so I was really another that was another panic for me <laughs> um no studio so no much job happened but at the end of the term I think yeah it was it was massive life change paddock modes but yeah I was really lucky that they gave me some hours again so there's it's a brand new coffee shop really they opened two weeks before lockdown and had to close so when they reopened in August that was kind of like the beginning so I'm actually a supervisor so I lead the team organization and it, it's hard because obviously I still want to progress and do something and work skills and I want to earn money I kind of I'm not sure I'm at a stage yet where I want to rely on my practice fully but I always get days where I'm like maybe I should be because then I'd be releasing its full potential but then I'm also just quite scared because I still want a car and I'd still need to save and it's just sort of that living aspect as well so at the moment I'm doing free days in the coffee shop but do like full-time hours in free days just so I can have studio days and also like time to be out and about Mm. walking and roaming so it's quite hard yeah it sounds Um, quite intense yeah I'm really tired but like I'm really enjoying that I have a local job and it's independent and I'm hoping that all these skills will one day help yeah a future venture you know and sort of get to know where I am as well being a supervisor is better it makes you quite organized <laughs> yeah definitely it, yeah it's a big thing to work out it does feel like a lot and it is extra responsibility as well but I guess just the managing everything because you've got to manage your own practice as well mm-hmm. haven't you it, yeah. say if you're doing an exhibition you end up working with a team of people some volunteers mm-hmm. or all sorts really and they're all good skills so I'm just seeing it as well it's not a gallery, but it's the same thing. Or oh, yeah. something like that, you know. Yeah. <laughs> They're all skills. <laughs> yeah. Get good at efficiency and things like that, which is really yeah. cool for yeah. definitely planning exhibitions and things. Have you been to any exhibitions since opening of lockdown? So I was hoping to visit a few in Swansea, but obviously Swansea went into lockdown, which um, because I'm from Carmarthenshire, I couldn't get to them. So I was really jealous of my Swansea pals because they were seeing lovely shows and going back to Glyn Vivian, but I wasn't allowed. But I was fortunate before the local lockdowns came in, I helped co-curate a show in Cardiff in Cult VR. So that was really fun because it was like being in the gallery when no one should be in the gallery. And that show was by photographer Gareth Phillips. So he has been working on some books and um, he kind of wanted to make a book installation. So he invited me and another graduate from Cardiff, Reese Davis. And it was sort of just to experiment and see what we could do. That show actually hasn't opened to the public at all, but they've worked really hard on making it accessible over through digital platforms. Mm, So I think they've freed... 3D mapped it they've done a video he's posting it up on his Instagram at the moment so I've seen that show which I'm quite lucky to have seen and seen it in all its stages that's brilliant Um, yeah it's just a shame that it didn't open but who knows (laughs) (laughs) yeah it could be built again (laughs) (laughs) yeah opening now at all possibly I I think it just depends on the guidelines I think because it's quite an independent space it's still working out how it's going to open 
It's interesting though how galleries adapt with videoing and interactive online. And zooming and I think it almost helps everyone be busier doesn't it because you can more. Whilst it's limiting and I I think it is quite nice because it makes us feel connected and you can watch Zoom lectures on anywhere right at the moment which I think should continue like live stream of lectures I think it's really good. I think it should because a bit before now like say if there was something in London that you wanted to see but you had a lecture in Swansea you couldn't do both whereas now you've got the chance to either pay for your ticket and watch it later or watch it through your phone or anything like that now rather than location I think that's definitely a positive to come out of the situation your graduate show itself was online yes that that was really strange because we didn't really know how it would appear or how it would exist and I, I think again the effort that goes into publishing something online like we all really appreciated it but it doesn't compare to a physical show and when we'd worked hard to sort of raise funds to exhibit in Swansea and London it was all very slightly disappointing like a big jolt yeah but I I'm not sure you know I don't know what will happen for the future grads 2021 no idea what they'll do and I think every year now will have some sort of impact so I think we were just the first I mean it's kind of crazy because probably by March you know we realized this was happening so then to Mm. completely shift what your expectations for the year had been yeah because how you've been developing your work to be shown because I lived with other students from the art college and I think we were laughing the other day because literally the first two weeks of lockdown we still thought we would have a degree show yeah we still <laughs> thought we'd have a graduation and we were just like well we had no idea did we <laughs> 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 it took it months just, yeah we were literally like oh so you're gonna last week <laughs> oh my god yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I had to move home just see, and I thought it'd be for like a week, but no, I was here with a suitcase for like three months. (laughs) No, it's really bizarre. (laughs) Yeah, what a bizarre time. (laughs) So I hope that one day maybe they could join up the 2020 and 2021 graduates, and it'd be nice for you to have a physical share. There's been talks about us doing a show in university, maybe a group of us coming together. But when that point will be, I have no idea. It might be next year. It could be five years. It could be 10. I think it would be really nice to do something one day. But I think for now, I'm just trying to focus on what else I could be doing and other opportunities because it's really hard to gather all of the students back together because we're all just doing such different things. And some have progressed on to masters. So then, you know, everyone's just moving on, isn't it? Yeah, you have to keep going and can't ways <laughs> yeah. yeah do you think it opened up online networks definitely I think what I found most beneficial during the lockdown and also really exciting was uh, portfolio reviews and I think we would have taken a physical portfolio to our London show and perhaps tried to invite professionals to come see them hoping that they would come see them but that portfolio would have cost a lot to make And that was something that was already stressing me out. And I was like, oh, how can I make this cool but cheaper? And and then obviously with COVID, everything went digital. So all we had to make was a PDF. And everyone, every student had a PDF across the, you know, the world, (laughs) UK, maybe. Um, So there was no pressure anymore. Mm. Um, And I, I... 
Yeah, I've, I really enjoyed having, so I think I had one from the curator of the photographer's gallery. I had some from Revolve, which is like an emerging photography network. Wyatt, Clark and Jones as well. I think they're a photographic agency in London. So these were all people that, you know, I haven't met in person, couldn't have met them if it wasn't for online. And I think having that chat and showing them your work and just getting ideas and also that more professional advice, like they gave me different pointers and things that I could do people to show my work to and that was things that I hadn't thought of and I would be comfortable probably to email them again now and I I think that would have been very different without Mm. the lockdown. That's nice because you need that professional critical advice of how to sort of alter it and target it as you go forward and so have you got upcoming group show at MoMA how are you finding it working towards that I suppose as a group show because that's quite odd whilst we're saying you are connected online it must be quite hard formulating ideas in this collaborative yeah I think we're fortunate again with that show that we've got two curators so bless them I think they're managing to stay connected with each other and then consulting all of us I think what I found hard was trying to embody and produce work for a space that I've never been to or seen. And when I was I was first invited or selected for this show, like back in spring. So I was like, oh, great, I'm going to go to the MoMA. Um, I'm going to have a look. You know, I'll know what the walls are like, the floors are like, and I can make something really cool, sculptural, installation, photographic. I'll reuse the work from my degree show. I was like, easy peasy, this is going to be good. (laughs) Really excited. (laughs) Yeah. And then obviously no degree show, um, no work. The space has been closed. And I think I've just found it really hard to sort of work out what do I print on? How is it going to be whilst trying to stay true to my work? So obviously the easiest way probably would be framing. But I I just feel like framing doesn't really suit the project. So it's like a battle of trying to uh, work it all out. But the curators have been fab and there's been a lot of confusing conversations about pieces, but (laughs) they've been really helpful. And I think they're actually being picked up on Monday. So I've got to finish them tomorrow. Yeah, Um, I mean, it's when we can travel, it's very quick moving, isn't it? Yeah, like lockdown released exhibitions full swing. And I'm, yeah, this is like the end of the quietness, I feel again (laughs) how many pieces do you get to show or is it more about the space I think it was it was sort of roughly three meters of wall so I mapped out three meters in the studio and I've just been trying to play with that as well but I've now I've managed to put in some sculptural pieces as well because they've given me a plinth so I literally know the dimensions to this plinth and I've had to just sort of work it out in my bedroom (laughs) matching these pieces so it'll be really amazing I think I've already booked my appointment to see the show Mm -hmm. so it'll just be really strange to see my work hopefully it will be okay it'll be the first time that you actually see it in situ yeah and I think ideally obviously I'd like to be there to hang it but because of Covid that's not really ideal or safe enough which I fully understand but it is the strangeness of like releasing Mm -hmm. your work to someone else when you haven't even had the chance to play with it yourself really strange but it's, it's all going okay we just have to persevere
How do you see the progression of your work if you had a solo show? What are you looking forward to? It's one thing, if I had a solo show, I think, I know I had this advice given to me, was always think big. So imagine you have your, like, Tate Modern exhibition, like Olaf or Elias or an exhibition where you've got a smoke tunnel and all of that. <laughs> imagine you've got that and then dumb it down to what you can afford. So... I'd probably, I'm imagining mixture of medias, mixture of pieces. Yeah, like that's what I find really exciting about. Um, graphic. Because you describe it as conceptual photography and it opens yeah. up all these avenues then, these different processes. Yeah, I think I'd, I'd want to take over a space and turn it into a place. Mm. I think that's, that's probably what I'd aim. I just need a space. <laughs> <laughs> I have yes I have thought about doing it in my studio or going to a place making something setting it up taking a photo doing a video obviously taking it away just because I feel like I've got too many ideas in my head you want to play with them and get them out yeah so that could be an option yeah yeah it's nice to make things experiential at the moment and I think exhibitions are moving that way anyway, but coming out of lockdown, it's probably going to be a real need to sort of have interesting experiences again. Yeah, even if it's just for yourself, isn't it? Mm. I think that's still, because um, yeah, when you're creating and it's your work, you need to, you just need to experience it and see, don't you? And at the moment with the exhibitions, I feel very separate from that mm. process of actually making the show. It's like I've made the work, but I can't make the show. And that feels really, um, really bizarre. How do you structure your days when you are in the studio? So I think my studio is probably like half an hour away. So I'd probably have a little lying. Make sure I have a good breakfast before I go because mm-hmm. I always get there and I'm really hungry. And then you have to leave and then that distracts from studio time. <laughs> but yeah, I usually get there. I like cleaning down the space every time. I feel like I clean and organize mm-hmm. it more than I actually make work. Um, it's a supervisor sort of. <laughs> probably, yeah. <laughs> And I've been making books at the moment. So obviously it's really important that I don't contaminate the surfaces with coffee and crumbs because <laughs> I'll get it all over my book. You say it's um, a unique edition. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I recently invested in the heavy duty guillotine. So it's become, well, before lockdown, it was more of a space for chopping things. I've only had one accident with my finger, but it's okay. Um, So I've been making books there at the moment, which is really nice. And uh, just sort of sitting and making and just putting a little bit of music on. And you you do. And it feels really mindful because it's this blank space and I'm escaping. It always feels like I'm escaping there. And I usually try and spend a full day, really. I will pop out for a break but it's I feel like because of the shifts that I'm doing at the moment everything seems to happen in days so it's like a day of work a day of studio so it's always a day when you're there you're really making the most of your time it's nice you can make it your sort of bubble how many studios are there that you're next to Elysium they have separate buildings so I think the floor that I'm in I haven't even counted but it's full it's like a massive floor Mm. and they've built like partition walls so every artist has a has a nook in a way and you just (laughs) it's like walking down a high street and you've got each shop it's like (laughs) there's each each individual artist and I just love looking around and seeing everyone's styles like opposite me is a painter who works a lot with landscape as well and and it's like I work with landscape but 
I don't paint. And it's really funny because I look at his studio and this, this work is it's on the floor, it's on the walls, it's on the tables, there's paint, it's messy, it's beautiful. And you look at mine and it's, it's just blank because <laughs> everything is just tiny prints and books and they're so concealed. So mm. I, I definitely feel like it's made me think of like, well, how how can my work kind of be like without, you know, still being photography? Yeah. And I think photography yeah. has this thing of being really clean and minimal. And at the moment, my studio looks like that, but it's still early days. And you've been, I suppose, always working with photographers on your course. So it's really interesting coming into contact with different practices. Yes. And I never had a studio space during my course as well. So that's been really challenging too. It just felt so big, even Mm. though it's not that big. It just felt massive. And I was like, wow, what do I do? (laughs) Is this your first time making a book? Yeah. So I made... I should have had a book project whilst I was studying, but it clashed with when I was curating an exhibition. So I couldn't really do what I wanted to do for that. So I think that time I just made a simple zine. So I'd say this was probably the first time I've made a proper book. But I think at the moment it's taken seven months from the first book dummy to get to where I am now. And I felt like it just took a lot of time for me to work out how to actually make it the way I want it to be. So probably looking at like paper, how to print, the binding, the structure, how to match your digital file to the physical thing. That's quite hard. So looking at book layouts. Yeah, but it's been really fun. But the amount of books I've made to get to this book yeah, is, um, is, is a lot. But I, <laughs> it's sort of like you have to make them to know what you've done wrong or where mm-hmm. to go next. And I think you've just got to keep persevering. It's yeah. really true, I think, to art. It is a sort of trial and error, but you learn so much from that. Yeah, so I think the 30 that I've made now are probably the only ones I'm going to make in this way. Those are like the ones I can release to the world because I think they're okay. Um, <laughs> I mean, you can obviously you can tell they're handmade and self-published. But I know when I've been buying like artist books recently, I tend to go for the handmade ones more. Yeah, anyway so that's personal and it's just even like the little errors I personally I don't mind if there's a slight little error I quite like it because it's human Mm -hmm. but yeah these books are mostly perfect but there's definitely some little bits in there that it's like I don't want to chuck a whole book because of this (laughs) tiny imperfection so I'm definitely gonna have to put a little disclaimer be like you might have a quirky individual book with slight mark on a page but I yeah it's more natural I think yeah I I think that's really part of it also just to bring it to when you started what were your first memories of art? I'd say I had probably like a practical making childhood but I'd never really considered art as such so like I always enjoyed drawing and making and things but I didn't really know much about art didn't go to the galleries that much or anything like that but I think with photography in particularly when I was like 12, verging on to teenager, I uh, really stopped enjoying going for walks with my family because my family really enjoy adventuring. And mm-hmm. I was getting to that point where I was like, oh, I don't want to come anymore. Mm-hmm. All my friends go shopping on the weekends. Why can't I go shopping? Um, Rural life. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So yeah, my parents, they gave me my granddad's old DSLR 
which my granddad actually gave to my mum so she could start playing around with it. They gave it to me and that persuaded me to go on walks. So I, I started photographing at 12, had no idea what I was doing, but carried on from there. And I think it wasn't until, obviously I studied art at GCSE and, you know, you go through Vincent van Gogh and Monet and you have to paint a perfect copy of their painting and <laughs> write <laughs> no. about it. Um, yeah. <laughs> I did all of that, but it wasn't until foundation where I was exposed to art as such, going to more contemporary galleries, seeing contemporary yeah. art, being like, oh my gosh, this is so weird. Mm. How is it so cool? And, and definitely. So I think I really value the progression. And I look back at a teenager and I was so unaware. And I think if I knew what I knew now as a teenager, I probably would have been a lot happier and more confident and more expressive because I think going to those galleries, like going to the Tate, mm -hmm. seeing the Turner Prize, it just sort of opened up a lot more potential. Yeah, definitely. And I felt the same like when you go to university, whether it's away or not, but also you just get a new perspective and you realise actually how fortunate we are with the landscape that we have on our doorstep. Yeah, yeah, it's a strange like... I find it bizarre that I had to go to London to experience that. Definitely. And I think that's always been quite a big thing for me is how, how can I bring that here? Yeah. And why, why did I put so much pressure on myself to paint a picture perfect painting or mm. take a picture perfect photo that, you know, had a cute little sheep in it. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, that was like my goal. Is, um, Cuffin Williams. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, and, those Welsh artists and things are like they are really important but I'm almost a bit sad that I wasn't taught about the art of now yeah, yeah. and just made more aware of what goes on I think contemporary influences and ways of looking at things it's, it? it's, especially for those people who have family who aren't as artistic it's quite mm -hmm. you know, you've got to find it out yourself then definitely I think that would be great at that level GCSE if it was sort of shown a Bit more locally maybe how that you can look around your own environment and I think like because you, you really love the landscape of Norway I've seen you like hiking and then you know it'd be, <laughs> it, you know and it'd be, it would have been interesting maybe at that age if we've been showing contemporary photographers from other places and definitely look at this yeah landscape. I think before I did my foundation course I didn't even see photography as an art I thought if I had to take if I wanted to be a photographer and shoot landscape, I'd have to work for like Visit Wales or something like that. That was literally my, um, I'd have to take perfect pictures of Wales so that people could use them to advertise Wales. I think that that was all I could think of because I was, I just had no idea of a ways. And I look back at that now and it's mind blowing. Yeah, definitely. I'm glad like the Glenvivian's open again and, you know, it has a nice turnover of international exhibitions but also the Welsh art collection I think it's so important to be able to get yeah because obviously Glyn Vivian was closed I think when I was going through that period so it yeah, hasn't really I remember going to Swansea and trying to go and the doors still being closed I don't know if you kept trying as <laughs> yeah. well waiting <laughs> waiting for yeah it. I guess that is our nearest sort of contemporary gallery isn't it but yeah going there during my BA has been fab mm. really really great that's really nice yeah because it's right opposite isn't it it is and it, it was great to sort of wander in look at something for 15 minutes and just leave <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then go back and look at something new it was that quite good for that is a brilliant thing that is 
right when I went to university because I think it the Glenvivian opened maybe again in 2016 which is when I went to so it was that thing though just being like oh a little gallery you should walk in and out and get your inspiration yeah. and it's so necessary yeah. to have that it's really good mm. So from discovering photography as an art, <laughs> so you're doing really well now and you're sort of building up your professional practice. And recently you were nominated, well, you were shortlisted for the Chennai Biennale. And that must have been great to have an even further international recognition. Yeah, it was insane because I, I think I saw the open call. My friends were like, you should apply for this. And I was like, oh, no, I'm not at that level yet. And then I had an email from a professional (laughs) sort of telling me to apply or advising that I should apply and that he thought that my work was on similar lines to it and all of that so I was like okay someone serious has told me to apply Mm. um I should probably yeah so I should probably apply and I had a little zoom meeting with them to sort of discuss the proposal and the ideas and things like that and I wasn't expecting to be shortlisted I was really tough to find out and I actually found out in work as well which is like even weirder because you've got everyone be like oh my gosh congratulations (laughs) but yeah you stood there at a till (laughs) you know someone comes in to buy a pack of cans and you're like yeah it's it's this complete crossover the double life in that moment yeah it was 100% double life and it and you know you turn to the person next to you and you're like oh my gosh I just got shortlisted for this like photo grant and they're just like so I think the winner oh, there's only one guy that's been selected from Wales and he, he's from the village that I actually work in um, and grew up in so wow yeah that's a real coincidence Wales is really small um, <laughs> yeah but I was really happy to be shortlisted because seeing my name there was really great. But I think I found the whole thing confusing in terms of like how early career I am. And obviously that I haven't had feedback yet from the meeting or anything like that. But just sort of I personally knew that I was at a point where I probably couldn't or wasn't at that level yet. But being told that your work and your ideas mm. and that you should apply. And then, yeah. you know, because I'm, you know, not everyone can get everything. And I absolutely understand that. And I was not expecting to get it. But it was just that confusing point of like, well, when will I be ready at that level? What do I need to do? Do I, should I be exhibiting more? you know mm-hmm. what what's missing um, it's like yeah. really a career thing because you've only graduated this summer and obviously you haven't had the yeah. chance to get these exhibitions on your portfolio yeah um, which is out of everyone's control like no no one's been able to yeah. really um, so like a little freeze <laughs> yeah so um but we'll see I'm sure there'll be other opportunities or something else I can get in on mm. and I think I'll still I'm still planning to do what I proposed anyway yeah I think I won't let that stop me because it's something that I think I've been curious about now I've been back home and what that means as well yeah that's quite important how um, it's interesting how a proposal frames your ideas to something that you're then gonna yeah it almost forces you to put something on paper which is really good and it's like once you get it down on paper it's like oh well this is a thing I need to carry on with it definitely how are you finding it cultivating an online presence what do you focus on your Instagram website I think I mostly focus on Instagram I feel like that's the way I feel like I have a lot of friends on Instagram that I've never met and don't know but I love their work 
and I think I love the community on there and just how we're all sort of cheerleading each other mm-hmm. and the like-mindedness which again when when you're leading that double life you might not have that like-mindedness around you yeah. so I find Instagram really positive and I definitely spend too much time on there <laughs> and I think obviously I'm aware of its problems and I, I try and be as transparent as possible so like I you know I want people to know if I'm struggling or why I haven't been to the studio or yeah it's so important yeah like I I wouldn't want someone to feel pressure by what I was posting because I remember being like that once and I think I'm just aware of like how it can be toxic so (laughs) I just try not to be um yeah no I I agree and I uh, follow you and I think it's been really you know you're transparent about your double life that is hard and obviously issues with lockdown trying to get in and just the the balance of rest and well-being as well as doing your work so yeah yeah 100% and we're we're so young as well and and I feel like everyone's experiencing a bit of a burnout so yeah it's just got to be honest about it isn't it and because in future then it's good going forward to have this openness then yeah we're just beginning now and then as it goes through definitely I'd like to think that in the future we'll probably be in more powerful positions and there'll be like a massive change in how we direct things then perhaps because we've been through this and we've seen the before and we've seen the after and yeah I think there's a lot of positive changes to come yeah I agree with you thank you so much Abby that has been really fascinating insight into your work and life as a recent graduate I look forward to your new book Thank you so much. It's been such a privilege to chat to you.